0: so I did a little research on R&B's. no <laughs> Come on. that's for you to do me to not do
1: <laughs> uh, research on dinosaurs uh,
0: on acronyms oh, oh. I
1: should
0: have known <laughs> so I'm going to try something and you're going to play along and you're going to like it She's talking to you, not me. I know I didn't look at you, but I was side-eyeing Merkel over there.
1: One of these days, you're going to understand I'm not good at playing along.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Today's episode is what I like to call the intersection of three acronyms. Stay with me here. IRS, RMD, and IRA. The intersection of the three acronyms. What do you think, Lauren? Accurate? Well, yeah,
1: very accurate. What well, about 401k?
0: Wait, no, my, my I lead, you follow.
1: <laughs> that is also accurate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The intersection of these three acronyms is what we're going to tackle today on this show. We'll get to the acronyms in just a second. But first, you probably want to know who you're listening to. I'm Molly Nelson, hosting this podcast over here, Rochelle Smith. She is the producer. And the guy who's going to explain the intersection of the three acronyms is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. Wait a second. More acronyms. (laughs) More acronyms. To get us rolling in the acronym train i did a little research guys and i'm excited about it humans have been using acronyms for centuries going back to the roman empire they even gave themselves an acronym when referring to themselves i guess it was like s-r-q-r don't i'm not gonna tell you what the acronym means because it was in rome roman rome greek something like that something (laughs) like that italian but i looked up some acronyms and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we tried to guess what they stand for? Sure. And it, when I say we, I mean you too.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. And they're really common acronyms, but we use them and probably sometimes we don't even know what they stand for. So let's start with some retail acronyms. Ooh. IKEA.
1: You know, I didn't even realize that was an acronym.
0: I didn't either. Nor did I. The fun of my research today. IKEA is an acronym. and. You know what? I think it's German, and it's the guy's name who founded the company. So I don't know how to pronounce the name. Yeah, there's oh. no But right. he has like four names, though, too. They're not just... it. The, the four letters are his four names. Interesting. M. What does M M stand for? Again, it's a...
1: Melts in your mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not in your hand. No. Good one. Good try. I have no idea. I didn't know it was an acronym. It's an acronym. Mars and Murray. Oh scuba what does scuba stand for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus yes because that's what i use on a daily (laughs) basis (laughs) i can't wait for another cocktail do you know what scuba means (laughs) you will impress all of your friends
1: and that's the benefit of using acronyms
0: (laughs) okay a couple more it's summer we're all concerned about you know our skin what does SPF stand for?
1: Sun protection
0: lotion. <laughs> Sun <laughs> SPF protection. L F. Sun protection factor. Factor. Ah. All right, now Lauren, this, these are for you. They're military ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got a sister in the military. You can't mess these up. SWAT. S-
1: strategic.
0: You're doing great. <laughs>
1: Strengths, <laughs> weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. That's in the business world.
0: Special weapon and tactics. Okay. Snafu. Yeah, no. Snafu <laughs> is a military term, too. Situation, normal, all effed up. Snafu. Huh. Interesting. Okay, last one. Because I'm sure like, I'll be the first person you think of when I say this. Like, as someone who has a very high... IQ. Is
1: this also military?
0: No, what's IQ stand for?
1: Oh, IQ? Yeah. Uh, It's an accurate intelligence.
0: Intelligence. Question. (laughs) I mean, it's clearly intelligent quotient, intelligence quotient.
1: So we got zero of those. Well, unless you want to add the pieces that we got part of them together, then we might be able to come up with one.
0: When it comes to retirement, though, Lauren, there are tons of acronyms. I first started talking about acronyms with you, what, four, five, six years ago. And you were talking in acronyms. And I remember saying to you, Lauren, quit using the acronyms. This is industry speak. This is how financial advisors talk. We're trying to educate, talk to, help people retire. They don't speak the same way you do, Lauren. Um, This many years later, uh, was I right or... Do you like to still use
1: acronyms? Well, we have to use acronyms, but it's nice to explain what the acronyms mean. So as an example, the RMDs, what does RMDs stand for? And even more important, what does it actually mean? In every single industry, there's acronyms. One is it helps us communicate more efficiently. But I think all of us want to be a part of something. And on a grander scale, the acronyms are more inclusive and exclusive at the same time. So, so ah, we can have the language, right, doc, uh, the medical field, uh, the chemistry, every industry has their own acronyms, and other people have no idea what they actually mean, like the military.
0: Yeah, and obviously we all use acronyms, right? Just think of texting. I mean, clearly acronyms are part of the is it nomenclature that we use, so we're familiar with them. But the more we understand, as we head to and through retirement, of what the acronyms mean, when the acronyms hit, how they can affect our retirement vision. Obviously, the more prepared we are to deal with them. So the intersection of the acronyms today is the IRS, the RMDs, and the IRA. IRA. Well, I say IRS. Everybody knows that acronym because. If you've been working for a long time, which most pre-retirees and retirees have, they're very familiar with the IRS.
1: Yes. How could you not be? (laughs) Not only when you're working, but also when you're retired. I mean, the IRS is a big part of our lives, and they provide a lot of benefits. So the IRS is a good thing, and they do a lot of good things. But it can also be painful when you see that tax bill that you have to pay at the end of every year.
0: And the IRS is kind of the governing body or the the lawmakers sort of charge the IRS with
1: collecting revenue
0: collecting the revenue so RMDs are required by the IRS when you hit age 72 and I put our IRA in there as one of the main examples Lauren of the kind of accounts that uh, are hit by the uh, RMD
1: yeah and the IRA. That acronym stands for individual retirement account, or it can also stand for individual retirement annuity. It all kind of means the same thing. Uh, Basically, it's an individual retirement account that holds your money. And with that IRA, we get special privileges and those privileges will be dependent upon what type of an IRA it is. So with a deductible IRA, the privilege is, is that we can contribute to the IRA. And if we qualify, we can deduct those contributions. So basically it's a contribution we're not paying taxes on and then it will grow tax deferred. So you never have to pay taxes on the growth of that contribution until you take it out at some point down the road. And then you're going to be taxed at ordinary income from the IRS.
0: And you added in the acronym 401k. I'm unfamiliar with numbers and how they work for acronyms. Well, you
1: know, it's all a plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when he said that too, I didn't call him out that first time, but now I'm like really thinking it while he's talking. You know, I can just, and I was like a 401k, is that an acronym? You know, in a way
1: an acronym stands for something bigger. A 401k <laughs> in a way stands for something bigger.
0: It all works. Okay, we'll let it work for today because also the 401k and the RMD intersect because if you have if you still have your money in a 401k when you turn 72 clearly that is also subject to these
1: RMDs. It can be, definitely. Uh, one exception to that is if you are still employed. If you're still employed and making contributions eligible for that plan and you're not greater than a 5% owner of that company, then you are not subject to RMDs from the 401k plan. And that's one of the consistent things with any of this retirement legislation is there's there always seems to be the what ifs, right? This is what you have to do normally, but what if you're in this circumstance, then you don't have to do it. It doesn't apply to you. And that's why it's really important to understand what these acronyms acronyms mean, but also how do you apply the ty- what the meaning of those acronyms to your retirement plan to make sure you're following all the rules that you have to abide by.
0: Yeah. And one IRA that isn't subject to the RMD is the Roth IRA. And that's because you've already paid the taxes on that money.
1: Yeah. That's an exception uh, right there with the Roth IRA. You've already paid the taxes on it. You never have to pay the taxes on the growth. So at 72, you're not mandated to take distributions, but there are some additional exceptions to the Roth IRA or the Roth accounts as well. So one of those exceptions are, is if you have an inherited Roth IRA. Now, underneath the pre-Secure Act rules, you are mandated to take a distribution from that inherited Roth IRA every single year. If you are a part of the post-Secure Act rules, then you're not, manda- not mandated to take a required minimum distribution until the 10th and final year after you inherit that money. So if you are Uh, If you have inherited a Roth IRA, then you are subject to a required minimum distribution, and what the rules are around that required minimum distribution that you have to abide by all are dependent upon when you inherited that Roth IRA. Did you inherit it prior to December 31st of 2019? If so, then you're, you have to take a distribution every year. If you inherited after December 31st of 2019, then you have that 10 year restriction, 10 year timeline that you don't have to take a distribution until that 10th and final year.
0: And until recently, the RMD age was 70 and a half. You you talked about the SECURE Act that was passed in late uh, 2019, went into effect in early 2020, moved that RMD age to 72. When the RMD age moves up, Lauren, generally for most people, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, generally for most people, what it does is it gives you another 18 months or so that you have control over that money. And what I mean control means is you can take distributions from it if you want to, But if you don't want to, then you don't have to take distributions. And there's some. Sometimes we get questions on, "What do you mean? Do you mean there's people out there who are retired? They have this money in this retirement account, and they don't want to take distributions from it? They don't have to. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't want to take distributions from it based on their income plan. They need so much income per month or per year to maintain their lifestyle. So they receive that income from maybe a pension. They receive that income from uh, their social security accounts and maybe some other retirement accounts, but they might have this retirement account or another retirement account that it, based on their plan, they don't need to take distributions. And that's where the required minimum distribution really can create a headache for them because it mandates these distributions that they don't want to and it, and it could potentially increase their tax rates, but certainly would increase the amount of overall tax that they do pay on the income they receive.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening right now, maybe you're still working, maybe you're 55 or 60, I suppose 72 feels a long ways away right now. You've still maybe got some saving to do, some planning to do. But when... Waiting until 72 and then, oh, the RMDs kick in is is not the way you advise the families that you work
1: with. No, but we have to pay attention to this well before age 72 because this is where you have the ability to really affect the amount of control, and then also the amount of tax that you pay on that money at the age of 72. If we're just kind of going through life uh, and not really focused on any of the planning, tax planning strategies, then you will wake up one day, you're going to be 72, and you realize you have to take these distributions out. And the thing is, is at that point in time, your minimum tax bracket will be set because you've already turned on Social Security, and if you've turned it on, you're not going to turn it off, even if you could. You might have a pension. You're not going to turn that off if you can. And then you're going to have this stream of income that's mandated to be taken out every single year. All of it is going to be subject to ordinary income tax. So that's a baseline of taxable income that you cannot turn off, which means then... You are more subject to the tax risk, tax bracket increase risk. If the, if you're in the 22% tax bracket and that 22% goes to 25 or 35, you can't do anything about that because all this income that you can't turn off is coming in that you're going to be subject to tax on. That's going to put you in whatever tax bracket is around at that time. And that's why we have to focus on this stuff before age 72 when you lose that control and one way to think about it is if you, if you implement a tax plan because you, you have a tax plan, whether you realize it or not, you have a tax plan. You either have your tax plan that is intentional, intentionally designed around you, your retirement, your situation, or you have an Uncle Sam tax plan. So if you have to choose between your tax plan and Uncle Sam's tax plan, which tax plan do you think is going to be better off for you? Your own. Your own. So you want to create that with intention designed around how do you pay the least amount of tax on this big pot of retirement money that you've never paid taxes on before.
0: So you might be listening thinking, I want to take control of my tax plan. It's time for me to start asking some questions and figure out how RMDs are going to affect my retirement vision. Here's a great opportunity. It's a 15 minute retirement checkup call. It's a complimentary call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com right now and schedule your 15 minute retirement checkup call. You'll talk directly with a retirement planner and you can ask questions about your specific situation. So we're talking about RMDs today. Let's go into RMDs, because we're talking about the tax implications, Lauren, of the RMDs. And it's possible maybe someone's listening and going, I don't even really know what my RMDs are going to look like. How would I even know which tax bracket they're going to put me in? Let's talk a little bit about how the
1: RMDs are calculated. Part of the planning is to forward look and look at when you are 72, here's how much we project you're going to be mandated to take out. Here's what your other taxable income is going to be. And then based on current tax rates, we can identify here's where you're going to be if we do no tax planning, and then we can, we can implement some tax planning strategies and we can say, here's how it's going to positively impact it. And here's what your total retirement tax bill, how it would be positively impacted over the course of your entire retirement. The way that your RMD is calculated is based on your, uh, it's based on the IRS, uh, life expectancy tables. So as an example, uh, if you're 70 and a half, then you have to take your prior ending year balance, 1231 balance, and divide that by 27.4. And then that's going to tell you how much you have to take out.
0: Leave it to the IRS. and Of course, it couldn't be like a round number or anything like that.
1: <laughs> and then every year that factor changes. So the percentage that you have to take out every year increases. So at 70.5, if you take that, use that factor, then it turns out to be about 3.65% that you're mandated to take out of your uh, year-end prior, prior year-end balance. And then every year that percentage goes up. So 3.65, 3.7, it just goes up every year.
0: And is that on me to calculate and then contact, you know, whoever the carrier of my IRA is and say, I'd like to take out this much. And is that a monthly distribution or an annual distribution?
1: Most of the custodians calculate that for you. They'll send you out a notification and they'll try their hardest to help you make sure that you take out the amount that's required. Ultimately, it's on you. So the IRS is not going to the custodian. If you don't take it out, the IRS is not going to the custodian saying, hey, why didn't you help Mr. and Mrs. Jones take this out? It is Mr. and Mrs. Jones' responsibility to make sure that that RMD is calculated correctly and is withdrawn... Withdrawn within the appropriate amount of time.
0: Yeah, because there's a penalty. That's yeah. That's probably where you're going. Sorry.
1: You no, no, that's good. Uh, there is a penalty, and it is significant. It, let's say that your RMD, what you're mandated to take out this year, is ten thousand dollars. But you didn't take the ten thousand dollars out. Then you are assessed a fifty percent penalty on that amount. So five thousand dollars in penalty alone. Plus, you have to take it out, and then you have to pay taxes on that distribution as well. So we want to make sure that we take the distributions out. It is incumbent upon you to make sure you take the right amount out and within the time, time allotted. So you have to have that distribution out by year end, by 1231. So if you take it out January 5th, then it doesn't count. I mean, it will help lessen the penalties, perhaps, but you'll still have that 50% penalty. Uh, on the amount that you didn't take out. So this is something that we help our families with. Uh, this is something that retirement planners or advisors should be helping their families with because most people don't understand how those calculations work um, and don't always even understand that RMDs are a thing. Uh, there's, there's many times over the years that we've run into situations where people have come to us. Uh, there was this one example, a gentleman was 75 years old, He came to us for the first time. We were talking to him about his RMDs. He had no idea, no idea what this acronym RMD stood for, what his role in making sure that he took those distributions. And so he hasn't taken his RMDs or didn't take his RMDs out for that five year period of time. So the penalties on that are significant. And then you have interest that's applied to that as well. So it's, uh, it's something that we make sure we, we help our families with. We have a schedule to make sure everybody takes it out. And then to answer your other question, Molly, you can take that out once per year, or you can divide that out monthly and take it out monthly all throughout the course of the year. That is completely dependent upon wh- how you want to receive that income. The important thing is you take out the right amount within that year.
0: Okay. So we know that one of the options when you take the RMD is to use it as your retirement income. if if your budget, if you need it for your budget to live your retirement vision, that RMD can go right into that retirement income. Okay. So we talked about the Roth conversions as one way to kind of control the taxable income. What if you turn 72, you didn't do the Roth conversions and the RMDs have kicked in. Can you still do Roth conversions?
1: Well, now, now that you're 72 or older, and there's a whole new set of rules that you ha- have to play by. And this, this is, even if you were doing Roth conversions starting at the age of 60, all the way up to 72, or you've never done a Roth conversion before, this is still applicable. At 72, now you're mandated to take distributions from your IRA or your 401k plan, either one. And the IRS says that you cannot take those, those RMDs and move it over to a Roth IRA. That's illegal. You cannot do that. So going back to the $10,000 example, let's say your RMD is $10,000. You have to take that $10,000 out. You cannot convert that over to the Roth. You can do anything else with it. It can't go into an IRA. You can't go into a Roth. So you can do anything else with it. You can spend it. You can put it into a brokerage account and invest it in any way you want to. You can put it in savings checking. Just you cannot convert that over to a Roth IRA. So what you have to do then is you have to take the RMD out first and then you can convert in that year. So you can still do Roth conversions even though you have to take this required minimum distribution. Take your $10,000 out and then a week later or any time after, then you can do whatever Roth conversions you want to do. Just keep in mind that the RMD is taxable and the Roth conversion is also taxable. So it's still the, the total tax bill needs to fit within your overall tax plan, your overall tax strategy. You just want to make sure you're taking the RMD out first. It's not going to the Roth. And then you can do whatever Roth conversions you want to that fit within your overall tax plan.
0: But wouldn't that have been so much better if I did it, you know, just a year before that at seventy one?
1: Typically, yeah. Because then you don't have to take the distribution that's otherwise taxed. In fact, if it if that total amount, let's say let's say your RMD at seventy two is ten thousand and based on your tax plan, you could have thirty thousand dollars of taxable income. So you have $10,000 that you take out, you have $20,000 that you convert to the Roth, that's $30,000 taxable income. Well, at 71 a year before, if you had that same ability and it made sense tax-wise, well, then you could send that full $30,000 to the Roth as opposed to taking $10,000 out and not being able to send it to the Roth. So it would work better for you in that case prior to age 72. Um, but we we do have families that we're working with that are post-RMD age, and it makes a lot of sense for them to take their RMD out and then still make Roth conversions.
0: And is that just because of the growth? (laughs) potential that they see inside the Roth umbrella for investing with tax-free growth?
1: Primarily, it's based on, that and that's a component of it, but primarily it's based on what ability do they have to pay taxes on this money. So if you have a million dollar IRA, you've never paid taxes on any of that. You know you're going to pay taxes on it at some point. Your age, your mandated to take distributions out, you're paying taxes on that. Your goal should be to get as much of that million dollars Shifted over to the Roth IRA, where now it's going to grow tax free forever, as least expensively as possible, whether that's prior to RMD age or after RMD age. So, if it's still a good deal for you to take the money out of the IRA, even though you have to take the required distribution, then you still want to execute that good deal. Because if you think, like many people in this country think, that tax rates are going to go up, So if you're in the 22% tax bracket today, even though you're mandated to take a distribution and you have $20,000 that you can convert and still pay 22% on, and you're doing that because you think that 22% bracket is going to increase down the road, then that's still a good deal. So even though you're mandated to take distributions, it can still be a good deal. Would it have been a better deal at 71 or 70 or 69, most definitely. Uh, and that's why if you're 60, if you're 65, pay attention to this now. You might still be working. You might still may- be making a killer income, but we need to forecast down the road based on your retirement income expectation and the the uh, expected tax rates, what would be a good deal? Is it a good deal today? If so, let's do it. If it's not a good deal today, let's wait till we think it's a better deal.
0: Another option when the RMDs kick in is... Wait for it. It's an acronym. Rochelle? QCD? Yes, QCD, Mm -hmm. Qualified Charitable Distribution. See, I'm learning some of these acronyms and what they mean, but this is a big one for a lot of people when they turn 72.
1: What does SCUBA stand for?
0: Oh, I don't Uh, even know.
1: Now, now, Molly, that you don't have your notes. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) What is SCUBA?
0: No way. Guys, (laughs) we missed the SECURE Act acronym. Oh, nice call. Wow. Lauren, do you remember what that is? (laughs) Of course
1: I do. Secure Act, setting every community up for
0: retirement.
1: Retirement.
0: Income. But that's an E. Retirement something or other. When you mentioned the Secure Act and how that was when RMDs went from 70 and a half to 72, changed the 10-year stretch rule on an IRA. Yeah.
1: There was a lot of things that it did. Even uh, it impacted the ability for small employers to set up 401k plans. It improved their ability to do so at a less less costly. So there's a lot of uh, implications that the SECURE Act had. Uh, they had a really good title for it, uh, for the acronym. And Rochelle, you found it is setting every community up for retirement
0: enhancement. Oh, enhancement. we're missing the enhancement part. And that's why
1: I never thought that made sense. Enhancement. They just were. They were struggling to come up with something that spelled secure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, uh, the, the secure act was, was, a, a big deal. And the biggest, uh, aspects of the secure act that I really didn't like is it eliminated the stretch IRA effectively for many people. Um, and that was probably, probably the biggest thing going back to the QCDs, the other acronym, uh, qualified charitable distributions. This is a big benefit for a lot of people and you don't have to be age 72, So they kept this ability at age 70 and a half. So this part wasn't impacted by the SECURE Act. So once you're age 70 and a half, you can take distributions direct from your IRA, your 401k plan, send it directly to a qualified charity and not have to pay taxes on that donation. And this is a big deal for a lot of people today because the standard deduction has basically means basically over 90% of us are not itemizing Uh, from when they file taxes, which means your charitable donations, most likely you're not receiving a tax benefit from those. But once you're 70 and a half or older, you can make your charitable donations. You can do it direct from your required minimum distribution or your IRA or 401k plan and not have to pay taxes on it. Still help the community out in a meaningful way, which you've always been doing anyway, and uh, and, and get that tax benefit. And it suffices for what you're mandated to take out.
0: Yeah, and the limit on that is $100,000 a year? $100,000. So
1: if you're married a married couple, you can do 200000 100000 a piece. So it's a, it's a big benefit, and we have a lot of, a lot of families. Uh, they're, you know, one of the most common charities that our families use uh, or donate to is their church. And they're donating directly from their checking account automatically every month, or sometimes they're just writing a check every year. And at 70 and a half, you can switch that donation from your cash donation, from your checking or savings account, to from your IRA. And then that way you don't have to pay taxes on this money you have to take out anyway, and it can still go to the charity. The church loves it. The charities love it. They're used to this. They don't have to pay taxes on it, uh, and they have an expect. And then what they can do is they can plan for it. So if you let the church know you you have a man mandated distribution of ten thousand, you let the church know that they're going to get two thousand, and they're going to get it in December of every year they're okay with that because they can plan for it. They know it's coming and they can budget, and make that a part of their, their overall budget.
0: I'm going to ask something that's probably really pedestrian, but it's running in the back of my mind. So we keep talking about 72 and the IRA. What happens? Is there any strategy where you start taking money from the IRA before 72 to try to make the RMDs smaller in the future.
1: Yeah, and the the Roth conversion or even taking income from it can do that. Basically, if, you, if you're if you 65 years old, you have a million-dollar IRA, none of it's ever been taxed, and then that grows for the next seven years, that million dollars might grow to $1.8, might grow to $2 million, depending upon uh, what has taken place from a growth standpoint over that seven-year time frame. So if you're living on the IRA from 65 to 72, you're taking distributions out of it. It's not going to grow as quickly. And in fact, it might actually go the other way, which is okay. That's why you save the money. So that will decrease what you're mandated to take out. If you're doing Roth conversions, you're taking money from that pre-tax IRA, shifting it over to the Roth. We've already discovered that the Roth IRA, you're not mandated to take distributions at 72. So that'll decrease what you're mandated to take out as well. And from a planning standpoint, what we talk with our families about is let's use that tax bracket. This is all about, from a tax planning standpoint, let's use that ta- these tax brackets brackets while they're on sale to the best of your advantage. And if you're taking this money out to uh, do repairs on your home, or you're taking this money out to buy a vehicle, or you're taking this money out and shifting it over to the Roth where now it's tax-free, you're taking advantage of taxes while they're on sale. And that's the most important part from a tax planning standpoint and then that will decrease what you're required to take out once you obtain rmdh
0: and remind me when can i start taking the money out of an ira without
1: penalty from an ira 59 and a half so 59 and a half whether you're working not working doesn't matter you're able to take distributions from the ira and not pay a penalty on it
0: we have learned a lot about the acronym rmd okay guys Scuba. Try again. What is it?
1: Self-contained, Rochelle. I don't know. Underwater breathing apparatus. Ah.
0: Okay, one more. For this is kind of for Rochelle. I did I wrote this one down just for her. She's real tech savvy. I don't know. Sim. sim. The SIM card. I don't the know SIM. What? That means. Sim card. That? Subscriber identification <laughs> module. Duh. <laughs> if you are moving to and through retirement, these acronyms are important to you. RMD, QCD, IRA. But your retirement vision is even more important. So if you want to talk to a retirement planner right now about your retirement vision, again, that website is Merkelretire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. You can schedule your complimentary 15-minute retirement checkup call today. We'll continue talking about all the things that go into a retirement vision on this podcast. It's retiring today, and we thank you for listening.